Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Hello and welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. Now I have a really, really special guest today. Someone who is at the peak of what she does, right at the very pinnacle. She's absolutely brilliant. She's a fellow presenter with myself on Serenity Radio. And today I'm speaking to Hilary Stanley, spiritual teacher and author and just all round phenomenal lady. You really are, Hilary. Welcome. Thank you so much, Paul. I don't know if I'll be able to live up to all that, but I'll do my best. Thank you for such a lovely introduction and for inviting me on your podcast. I'm thrilled. Well, thank you for being my guest. I've been looking forward to this. You you really are right at the very top of what you do. The amount of people that have said, so I was so excited when our schedules would actually match that we could do this interview. So I'm so looking forward to this. Well, I did. I did go through the questions that you sent me. So I thought I will try and be a little bit prepared. So it'll be lovely. I'm thrilled to be talking to you because you've helped me in the past anyway, and helped me with uh, with certain things. So this is my give back. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank thank you so much. So without further ado, I'm going to jump in on these questions. And any of the listeners, I say get pen and paper because you will get such a wealth of information. And anyone that listens to my podcast, if you say something that I think, yes, we can expand, sometimes I deviate from the questions, but it's only because it's from your answer. So there's nothing to worry about there. (laughs) No, I'm not worried. So, Hilary, to start off with, can you describe your career path to date, please? (laughs) It's a bit sort of, it's been a very long one. Um, So if we're going back that far, you know, since leaving school, I was at art college. And then I trained in London doing retail display and exhibition work. So for a long time of my working life, I was a window dresser and worked in big department stores, so big independent ones. So loved that. When we had free reign to create an image, we'd go in in the morning, empty the window of all the stock, um, have a chat with with a department manager, decide what stock they wanted, and then you create an image in that one day. And when you leave, that window display is done. And I used to love that no two days were the same. So I, I loved that for many years. In I left that in 1982. Um, and then I stopped, got married, had a family. And I did all sorts of other jobs. I was always doing sewing, always making my own clothes. So made clothes for the children. Ended up making wedding dresses and fancy dress costumes and all sorts of things. And I did, I was an Avon lady. So all things to fit in with the children, you know, dinner lady at the school. I used to paint Doll's House China as well, which is really, really detailed. Tiny little things, a paintbrush with three hairs in. 
and it was for collectors, not for children. So I had to copy sort of Crown Derby or all Worcester, copy their designs onto these tiny, tiny little plates and jugs and bowl sets. <laughs> so did all sorts of things. And then I think when um, my, when my children were young and my husband left finally, thankfully, and I went to see a medium and we became friends. And it was really just to see why I kept picking the wrong wrong sort of men for me. We Anyway, Pam and I became friends and she taught me to read the tarot cards. So that was it then. That took me back onto my spiritual path because I could see and hear spirit as a child. So that then I moved back down to Bournemouth and then I went and did my Reiki and that was like lift off. That was, so that's it. <laughs> my, in a nutshell. <laughs> so everything has grown from that one meeting with that lady and doing tarot readings. And that was 32 years ago. So since then, it's just grown and grown and grown, all, all things spiritual. So, yeah, that's it. But I, it's sort of arty-farty, really, in the background. <laughs> but this is wonderful. Anyone that knows me, I have a favourite word, synchronicities. And everything you've shared, the synchronicities that are resonating. I've got goosebumps. I said to you even before we started this yeah. interview, I was getting goosebumps. Avon lady, I did exactly yeah. the same. I did loads. I was a dinner lady, all the stuff when my kids were younger. <laughs> because I, you want to do things. You don't just want to be at home. You want to add and yes, and when, when I um, separated and was divorcing my husband, I did everything that I could mm. for myself. That's when I set up my first company. And I did my degree, set up my first company, did my divorce all in the same four years. So wow. that that sort of, it shows you what you can do. So, so many synchronicities. But yes, I still meet the wrong men. I'm terrible. Me and bad boys. Oh my God, I need to. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> but yes I... <laughs> oh dear we have a terrible attraction for them don't we and we think oh why have you done this again yes. oh, I mean because some of my friends would say they'd say I said well why have I done it again and they said because you didn't damn well learn the first time <laughs> and have you learned now have you I learned think... now I think so. It's me and my dad at home now, and I probably I've probably been without a relationship probably eighteen months, almost two years, yeah. and I yeah. am loving learning what Pearl wants to do instead of being dictated by a partner that wants to do something. I'm learning what I like, and then when I'm in the the right position, that's when I think I will meet the right person because I know what I want to do, as opposed to always being led by someone else. That's brilliant. Yes, and likewise, I've spent most of my adult life on my own and I'd given up on relationships for a good 20-odd years. And then I, yeah, okay, we'll give it one more go. And then it's sort of a year or two in, I thought, oh, no, what have I done? So, yes, I've been on my own again now for seven or eight years and love it. I, I thrive on my own. I'm not very good in relationships I like my freedom and my independence um so yeah I can totally relate to that but <laughs> I don't think I want to go down that route ever again in fact I know I don't because I'm I'm not good I 
I don't do well in a relationship. So I think, yeah, for me, I'm, yeah, it's lovely to be doing what you love, isn't it? Yes. What you want to do, when you want to do it. And I suppose in a way it's selfish, but I just think I try and do so much for so many other people, not just propping up one person. Yeah. And I did used to attract rather the sort of ones who were struggling, (laughs) the troubled souls. Because I find, I also find if you're a strong woman, a Mm. lot of men feel intimidated by that. And you mm. might find that there's a clash then. So it's a lot easier. Like I say, it's nice to be on your own. You do your own thing. I've got a strong group of friends. And with Serenity and meeting all the wonderful presenters, I like to think my friendship group is really growing as well because we have so many things in common. And I think that's what makes the difference. You're there and you can enjoy each other's company and you don't yes. even need any of the other bits that cause the problems. No, no, not at all. The emotions, no. And I find because all my friends are, you know, into the same sort of things I am, we can talk about anything. I don't have to watch what I say. Occasionally, you know, if I meet somebody and they start to glaze over, I think, oh, Hillary, shut up. (laughs) That's it. Don't say anymore. (laughs) But most of the time, most of my friends are, are doing this as well. So, you know, we can talk about things that, and some of them say they couldn't talk about it with their partners. And I think, oh, gosh, that's awful. If yeah. you can't share your beliefs and your sort of spiritual understanding with the person you live with, that's that's really tough, I think. That's hard for them. Yeah. So I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> no, never again. <laughs> Totally agree with that. See, synchronicity is there. Synchronicity is there already. Absolutely. I'll move on to the next question. You might have touched on bits of it from the first one. But can you name three things that made you choose your current career and why, please? The only thing I could think of, Pearl, is I didn't choose it. It chose me. (laughs) And that was... That was it. It just, I just sort of slipped into it. When I went back um, after, you know, starting on this path and and doing quite a few things, running workshops and writing my book, and I saw my old boss from window dressing days. And I said, who'd have thought, because I was a bit of a party girl back then and, you know, not not too sober all the time. (laughs) It was just... I bumped into him and I said, who'd have thought, you know, that from that I... I'd be doing this. And he said, you always used to say weird things. And I went, what do you mean? And he said, sometimes you just come out with something, just a a one line or some insight, and we'd all look at you and think, where did that come from? Um, So he said, no, we're not surprised that you're doing this. And I, I, I was, I was really shocked. He said, it was always in you. And I thought, oh, that's really nice and that's how it feels I didn't consciously choose to do this Mm. it's who I am so um, there's no other word for that there's no other answer sorry but I I love that I love that because you said in your introduction that you'd always seen communicated with spirits and seen spirits when you were a child and I was exactly the same and I got 
I know in my teens and everything and I can't even watch horror films because they scare me too much. I'm terrible. My family won't watch horror films with me because I get <laughs> scared. And when I used to see things, I've been told now it was almost astral projection, but I'd see things and it would. I'd get so nervous about it and someone told me I was a catalyst. So I stepped back. I For most of my adult life, I stepped back and now... It's it is it's something that comes to you, like you say, and that spiritual side has just opened up again. And the gifts I have are quite strong, but I wouldn't even have known. And they've been dormant for so long. So there's so many things that, yes, like you say, yes. it's always been there. <laughs> yes, it has. And I think, you know, life gets in the way. We, we come here and we have to have those physical experiences. So. Yeah, growing up, I I was very lucky. I grew up in a spiritual family. My dad was spiritualist. My grandfather was his father. Um, my sister, I had an older sister who, it, when I used to wake her up sometimes, say, Susan, there's a lot of dead people in here. She'd say, oh, it's all right, Hilary. They're just make, here to make sure you have nice dreams. Go back to sleep. So it was almost like, yeah, there's nothing to be afraid of. My dad always said there's there's nothing in this world or beyond for you to fear. Um, there is nothing you can't deal with and there is nothing that, that will harm you. So I just grew up like that. So nothing, I don't have any fear of, of anything, which other people find very irritating, I think. <laughs> Because just you can't just do it, <laughs> but it was it was that I think, and then life, as you said, got in the way. Teenage, you grow up. There's boys. There's you know. There's clothes. There's makeup. There's all sorts of things. I think it was only when I was back on my own with two young children to bring up that that was the right time for it to come back. So, yeah, I, I just believe that it happens for a reason and. So many children do see and hear and sadly, you know, told, no, there's nothing there or you mustn't say that. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to be a lot more open, not so much with my two, but with my grandchildren. And particularly, you know, my eldest granddaughter, we're very close and she was very, very, very psychic. She taught me so much. But now she's 15, so now she's gone all the, you know, if it's not on YouTube, Grandma, I'm not interested. <laughs> so it's, she's going through that. And I said, I've written down everything that you did and said, and when it's your turn and this all comes back to you, you know that there is nothing to be afraid of. This is who you are. Yeah. So I feel as if I've just been able to give her that for when she's ready. Yeah. And if she's not, if she doesn't choose this path, then so be it. But, yes, yeah, she was in incredible as a child. So we'll see. We'll see where it takes her. But it comes back at the right time, doesn't it, Pearl? It does. Always. It does. It does. I mean, now I couldn't be happier. It's completely different to what I've done in my corporate life. But I feel that I'm in the right place on the right path now and it makes so much difference to actually do what you love and really it does it, does. it doesn't feel like work then it isn't work because you know it's it is like we said before so it, to me it's i'm here to be of service of others to others and if i can help someone then that's it that's what makes me happy 
I remember my uncle saying to me when I was quite young, Hilary, if you find a job you love, it will never be work. And I didn't I didn't have a clue what he meant at the time, obviously, but but now, yes, it's not it's not work. It's what I love. And that's that's not hard at all. <laughs> it's lovely. Very I think we're very lucky, aren't we, to do what we love. Definitely. So many can't or don't. Definitely. Definitely. Now I've gone off track slightly, but I did warn That's you. Right. <laughs> I will move to the next question. <laughs> Hilary, what key values does your business offer you? I think the most important thing is is being self-employed. It's the freedom. Um, that is huge to me. Whether it's you know being a Gemini and an air sign, and I'm quite grounded, but I'm not quite so much of a butterfly brain. But I do like the variety, and I do like to be able to do things, you know, just on the spur of the moment. So that being self-employed and doing what I do gives me that. It also gives me an insight into perhaps the bigger picture. So if something is going on and and somebody gets angry or upset, it's just you broaden your your view of it and you see the bigger picture and you think that gives me a much better understanding and a a much easier way to help people through their anxieties and their problems. So I think it's, it's given me such a lot, this a much greater understanding of life, life here on earth, the universe. Yeah, Yeah, that's, there's no sort of um, other values. I don't think understanding people, Mm. um, it's just, it fascinates me. You know, I've got an insatiable curiosity. So I have the time to feed that. I don't feel I'm working nine to five in a structured job and then going home you know, worn out at the end of the day, all the time, you know, there's books, there's the internet, there's things I can look up, there's things I just sit and ask my guides. That freedom to me is just the best. I can't, I can't really put it any other way. So they're the best things for me for doing this. Oh, and that is absolutely wonderful. And to all the listeners, this is why Hillary is so good at what she does. You can hear the passion and everything that you're sharing. And this is this is why I put these questions in, because each of my guests give a different answer and the listeners get to really connect with you, the person, because they get to almost get inside that psyche and see, yes, this is the person we want to work with because they can resonate at so many different levels with what you're doing. So, yes, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's lovely I'm now going to ask this next question comes from my corporate days I must admit and and it's just seeing and how people answer it I think gives a very true direction as to what you're doing and why but Hilary what keeps you awake at night (laughs) absolutely nothing I sleep like a log (laughs) Um, I can read a, a horror story or read a thriller and then switch the light out. And my mum used to say, as, as my head laid down to the pillow, my eyes closed <laughs> like one of those old dolls. <laughs> and that would be it. Um, I do sometimes wake up in the night, particularly if I'm doing any clearing of somebody's house or there's 
spirit energy around if I've been asked to go and remove some um, sort of annoying or, or nuisance spirit from somewhere. I do work out of body and I do that. And I'm often woken up in the night, sort of three, half past three. And I just think, oh, yes, thanks for waking me up. I've got to go and do that. But then I'm immediately back, do it, and then I'm immediately back to sleep. Um, and it doesn't, it's, no, nothing keeps me awake. No, there's no, sometimes I get a bit excited with plans and thoughts and ideas. And that's when I read or I do a crossword to switch off and sleep back a log, like a baby. <laughs> and, but you see, this is one to one. This is why I say I add this because when this mm. is where I know that my guests are doing exactly what they should be doing because yes. you can switch off at night, you can sleep. Mm. And yes, because I will do that. And again, like I say, if I've got ideas, sometimes I wake up with those ideas and I that's when I think, right, I'm getting my nudges from my guides and I'm not going to sleep then. So I get up and I make notes. But yes, this is why... This is why I kept it in, even though it's a corporate question. When we get the results, you can see exactly why you do what you do. And it, it just reflects that, yes, it's definitely. It does. It's, it's a good question. When I read it and I thought, what does keep me awake at night? I thought, well, no, nothing really. But, you know, if I watch a horrendous film or something, I just think, oh, that was that was weird. Or, you know, oh, OK, <laughs> and then go to sleep. So I know people do, you know, they, they toss and turn at night and I think, oh, gosh, you know, that's that's such a shame because that can disrupt your whole day. Yeah. But no, there's there's really nothing. But good question. Well, that is good to know. It is good to know. Right then, Hilary. Now, this is sort of to reflect again, a way for the audience to see how best to work with you. Where and how do you work best? I think right here at my computer. <laughs> um, I love writing. I love the English language. I, I wasn't terribly good at it at school until the last year and I was moved right down to the bottom grade in English and had the best teacher who brought me, you know, such a love of the English language. So for me, writing, and when I wrote my book, I went, this is for you, Miss Alison, because you inspired me. <laughs> you know, it was just, um, so I, I love working here on my own, sometimes in the quiet, sometimes with some heavy rock music on in the background. Um, a bit less of a head, head banging now than I used to do, <laughs> but I, I like that. I like that just writing, getting my thoughts out, getting getting things across ideas and concepts that then I can pass on to other people. So I think, that, um, yes, at home alone is probably my, my primary one. And then running workshops and passing that on to others. I love seeing other people go, oh, I understand. Or wow, you mean now I can do this? And seeing them open up like flowers is just, oh, it's just wonderful to see the, the skills and the gifts that other people have got blossoming because I've been able to trigger that for them. And I had a, a lovely lady who years and years ago, I sat in, in group, in circle, and... I, I joined her circle and I'd only been going a few months 
and she asked to see me. She said, could you come one afternoon? I want to have a chat. And I thought, oh, gosh, what have I done? What have I said? You know, have I upset somebody? Because it was, there was about 12 of them in the group. So I went along um, and I said, oh, Tamsin, you know, what, what have I done? And she said, I wanted to tell you that I'm moving. I'm moving away. Um, and so the group will close. And I went, oh, Oh, that's such a shame. She said, I want you to take it over. And I said, but I'm the new girl. You know, I've only just joined. And she said, yes, I asked my guides to send me somebody who would. She said, and when you walked in, they said, here's your replacement. And I went, oh, gosh, that really threw me in at the deep end. But when I went back to thank her, because I did love, love running Development Circle, when I went back to thank her and I said, Tamsin, you taught me so much. And she said, I didn't teach you anything. She said, I just helped you remember. And I thought, that's lovely. I've quoted her so many times because I think that's what we do. Yeah. We help people to remember and to remember who they are and to see that light coming on in them when they do remember is just so if I can get the words across for people to to realize that's who they are then that to me is that's the best bit I do that is absolutely brilliant brilliant and I'm going to say the s word again the, the synchronicities even mm -hmm. down to the even down to the music that we like I, I've grown up a rock chick I really have I've you I mean I used yeah. to go to Donington and everything so yes yeah. I so have, did I. I have my playlist that, yes, I have things when I'm meditating and everything, but if I want to get into a really good mood, I put on some real heavy rock. And that's yeah. it. And there was a stage with Facebook when I first joined where I used to link my Spotify to it. And every time I played something, it would come through on Facebook. And the amount of men that kept reaching out to me saying, loving the music you're playing. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. go away, leave me alone. But yes, you can <laughs> from it. But it is, it's, and the love of writing, my degrees in English. And I oh, was in such okay. a state, I went into linguistics and everything and the whole understanding and the message behind the word and everything. So, yes, yes. Oh, wow. Somewhere, I just need to find the time to write it. But I think there's definitely quite a few people keep telling me, yes, there's a book there. So, yes. Yeah. We will have I know I find a lot of spiritual people like heavy rock music um whether it's because you know we we're not always tuned in to listen to the subtleties of, of music but we feel that vibration and I like to feel my music through my feet <laughs> through the floorboards <laughs> when it's thumping <laughs> because I think I can feel that in every every essence of my body Whereas to listen to something classical music, I've kind of got to switch off from spirit and just just focus on the subtleties of the music, which I don't get. Yeah, I don't get. I I like the, the thumping and the pounding and the and the head banging, and it really gets you moving. It does. It does. <laughs> so yeah, I'm with you on that, Pearl. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Now I'm going to move on to the next question. I think you've touched on little bits of it. But, Hilary, what tools do you use that makes your work life easier? 
it's got to be my computer. Sadly, when I needed a new computer, I had to sell my big crystal skull I had. And, oh, that was a hard wrench. But very thankfully, a lovely friend, Laura, up the road bought him from me. So he's only gone up the road. And that enabled me to buy a new Mac computer. That has made such a difference to my life, to be able to come in and sit here and just, you know, tap out those words. Two fingers. I'm a two-finger typist. That's as all I can manage. But that's that's made a big difference. Of course, crystals, because I do crystal healing, so crystals are a big, big part of my life and, and my home. But I think that the most, the thing that I appreciate most that's helped me work more is peace. <laughs> and I know that's not really a tool, but it's something that I have here in my home. It's something I have here in my heart. It's quiet and I can get on. I, I don't have the interruptions. Yeah. But as for tools in the physical world, books, crystals, um, and the computer and that's that's it and yeah having having my home i love i love this home where i am now mm. so there's that calmness here yeah. and that's there's no other real tools that i use M my head my connection with spirit my heart oh that's it absolutely wonderful you can't ask for a better answer than that it's just it's I've got goosebumps from it and can resonate in so many different ways. And it's, it's wonderful. It really is wonderful. And you are so absolutely brilliant at what you do. I say to the <laughs> listeners, see, you're listening and taking notes. I told you Hilary is at the top, the very top of what she does. And oh, we are see, that's very kind of you to say so, but. I hope it's not all downhill from here. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh. Right, we've got a bit of background about how you started. I'm now going to move the questions over a bit so we get to know Hilary the person, almost get into the psyche with this bit. So, Hilary, what would you have done differently in your life if you'd known then what you know now? I really thought about this one pearl and the only thing I can come up with and it is absolutely nothing because you know I've made some terrible mistakes there's things I'm not proud of but I don't regret anything you know it's all brought me to be who I am now so I think whatever we do and whatever happens um, no regrets when I married my my second husband, the one who's the father of my children, my friends were going, what are you doing? You know, you really, but, and, and he did, he was very troubled. Um, but when I reached that stage where I could say, thank you so much for giving me that, you know, thank you for all you taught me, all those who've hurt me in the past, thank you for what you taught me. That's a huge, huge um, understanding to be able to say we probably re pre-agreed this anyway you know when we were in spirit and I wanted to know what this experience would be like and how I cope you gave me that you know so how can I regret it um, there's just nothing that I would do differently and I think if I if I had the wisdom then that I have now 
I perhaps wouldn't have been quite so, I don't know whether to say brave or reckless. (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't have perhaps tried so many different things um, because I, you know, if I had that wisdom then, I would have seen where it would lead. And that might have stopped me from experiencing things. So there's nothing I would do differently. Um, no, I, I can't think of anything that I that I would change because it's brought us to here now, hasn't it? Yep. All our experiences. And this is another question where almost like that's what keeps you awake at night. So you actually get to say uh, this is what I get from my really special guests. They all say exactly the same as you. They wouldn't change anything because it's got them to where they want to be, where they need to be. And I think for the listeners, that really helps as well, because you get to see, yes, you fully understand the journey you've been on, but you also know you're still not at the end and you've still got stuff to learn and you're prepared for it. It's when people start to say, oh, yes, I wanted to do this and then I did this. And you start to wonder there's a bit of confusion there. But where you know you wouldn't change anything that just yeah. again it just shows how special you are it really does and this it's is what I love about lovely, this <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lovely place to be some years ago I opened a shop and healing and teaching center in Bournemouth knowing it probably wouldn't be there for very long I even knew I'd lose all the money <laughs> but, um, but I still wouldn't change that. It was wonderful experience, absolutely yeah. incredible. I met so many people and so many people would come in and come into the shop and some would just come in and go, ah, just, ah, just feel the peace in there and, and they may go out. I have wonderful girls working with me. I was just so lucky. And I would, people say, even though you lost all that money, you know, do you regret it? No, not one bit. It did its job for the time it was needed there, and it taught me so much. Yeah. So, yeah, the, all these experiences could have worked out better, but it worked out right. <laughs> so that's, yeah, it is lovely. And I think we do, the more we, the further we go on this spiritual path, we get that overview, don't we, where we think, this is this is where it's led me to. So, yeah, we there's regret is wasted. I think yeah. it's a tough energy to get over. So don't have it. <laughs> oh, I love that answer. I love that answer. Thank you so much for sharing that because it is. I think it's going to have helped so many people with that. I'm now going to move on to this next question. What is your biggest challenge and why? Well, after our conversation earlier about editing, I have got to say technology. <laughs> um, it, it still is a, a big challenge for me because, of course, you know, I'm of that old age where we didn't grow up with computers. So we didn't have them. I can remember a school trip to go and see one of the first computers. It was as big as this whole room, in fact, probably bigger, with, with great big cabinets, with great big tape reels going round. And we think, wow, this is a computer. You know, we didn't have all this technology on mobile phones. So keeping up with that 
And yes, the editing for our shows on Serenity <laughs> is something that is way over my head, beyond me. <laughs> so that's, I can't think of anything else that's a, that's a huge challenge. As I said, you know, my dad brought me up to not fear anything. So challenges I see just as that, they're not, they're nothing to fear. It's just, oh, right, got to climb over this somehow. Um and come to terms with it and get, you know, get a, a little bit more comfortable with it. But it, it's slow. <laughs> it's slow. It's slow learning technology. <laughs> and I do get impatient. So I shout less at my computer now than I used to. Uh, there used to be a lot of, why are you doing that? I didn't ask you to do that. I didn't press that key. <laughs> And now I just think, oh, whoops, what have I done? <laughs> so <laughs> that's my biggest. <laughs> mm. And again, this is this is so good because it's, it's showing, again, where you're saying, yes, the technology to work with that, but you're still working with it and you are growing through what you're yeah. learning. And anything mm. else, it doesn't phase you. And no. I do, I've always said that when I say I set goals, my goals are way up as high as you can possibly be because I know even if I miss that, I'm still going to be that much further than if I didn't set any goals at all. And it is, it's just, it's no, if you, if you know and believe you can achieve anything, you can, mm. whatever you believe you can do, you can. And Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that comes along, really, I suppose life is a challenge. It's how we learn. If we don't have any challenges in life, it's kind of what's the point? <laughs> because yeah. we've got to learn and grow and, and expand our awareness, our wisdom, our understanding. They're all challenges in life. But that one for me is, is the only thing I could think of now because everything else is just, oh, here's another rock to climb or let's find out about that or let's ask about this. Yeah. And I, I do ask constantly. And I'm sure if um, any of my friends or the girls that sit in groups or do workshops with me, they come back from meditations and say, oh, I saw this or I felt that or I got given this. And I'd always say, did you ask? So I know this is going into the next question, but they 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 always say, you know, this is this is something that I'm always saying to them. Did you ask? Just ask. If you don't know something or you don't understand, don't ever be afraid to ask. Ask your guides. Ask someone else. You know, we put questions to the whole group. Ask me if I can find the answer, I will. And if I can't, then I'll ask my guides. Mm. But we must ask. So don't not to accept everything and think, I can't do this. Because there's always an answer. There's always a way around everything. Oh. So, and I guess I can see the next question is, how do I want to be remembered? The girls say they're going to carve that on my headstone. Not yet, <laughs> I hope. But they're going to write down, did you ask? <laughs> oh, so I know that's how some of them will remember me. <laughs> but I, I love that. And I think it takes a stronger person to ask and to admit they don't know something and to ask for help. But I think that's as much a growth spurt and to actually 
teach you something at the same time is learning to ask. Because, yes, yeah. I mean, you and I, what we do, we're good at what we do. But that doesn't mean we know everything. And there's always that chance to to be open enough to ask and to ask for help if you need it, because that could be the lesson that spirit has sent us for that day that we need to ask and be humble enough to ask for help from someone else. Yeah, and, and we do. And I'm sure you do this, too, Pearl. There are times when somebody asks me a question and I open my mouth to say, I don't know, I'll try and find out for you. And all of a sudden the answer comes out and I think, oh, well, that makes sense. So all I can do is go, cheers, guys. <laughs> Thank you very much to my guides because it wasn't something I consciously knew, but I must have remembered it from somewhere because it's there. Yeah. You know, we, we do. We have so much more than we're consciously aware of. And sometimes these answers come from us, our higher selves, our guides. It's all there. It's all accessible. Yeah. So I always say to people, just ask. You know, and the answer will come in some way or another. If you ask your guides and you don't hear in, in your mind or you don't uh, see the answer, the answer will come in the next few days as, as suddenly you'll find a, a magazine article or there'll be a programme on television or they will give you the answer somehow, yeah. but not if you don't ask. <laughs> so, yes, I know that's that's what they, <laughs> what they think of me, <laughs> but it's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so where you've said that, like you've touched on this next question, how... How do you want to be remembered, Hilary? You've said how people sort of joke about what <laughs> remembered. How would you like to be remembered? I, I, it's another one I thought of because I thought, well, everybody sees me as differently. You know, some people like me, some people don't. Some people resonate with me, some people don't. So I know I'm going to be remembered for all sorts of things. But I think the only thing I could think of that I thought, that's a very high value to me and I would like people to hopefully see that in me is integrity is sincerity or being true to myself you know she followed her path regardless because she was true to that yeah and I think that's I couldn't think of anything better and that is brilliant that's the perfect answer it really isn't. Again, some people, when I've put that in, they've said it's almost ego based. And I didn't even think of it from an ego point of view. But where you've answered is as long as we can reflect out what we'd like to see in others, then we've done exactly what we're here to do. And having that, if we're being the best possible us we can be, yeah. you you really can't touch on anything else. And that's and that's how you're going to be remembered. And the fact. Yes, I'd like to think so. <laughs> yes. And I think as well, it is everything you've said, you already epitomise. So that is what you will be remembered for. And it's for wonderful, wonderful things. And it, it does. Thank you, Pearl. That's very kind. I'm sure friends who knew me many years ago will not remember me for this. <laughs> I think they'll remember me for all sorts of other reasons. <laughs> but, 
But when you have a varied life, you know that people are going to remember. In fact, when people do come up and say, oh, I remember you from years ago, I, there's always that little bit inside me that goes, oh, how far back? So I can only ask dancer, you know, what I'd like to be remembered for now. <laughs> Oh, that is brilliant. I can move on to this next question and see, Hilary, as a child, what did you want to be and how close to that dream are you now? <laughs> well, there's um, always a lovely story, or was it in my family, when I was little and, um, you know, aunts and honorary aunts and uncles would say, and what do you want to be when you grow up, Hilary? And my answer was always a mummy. And there was one um, next door neighbor that we used to have. And she said, well, I hope you have a lovely husband to be the daddy. And apparently I said, no, no, no daddy. And my mum, bless her, said, oh, you know, she, she doesn't really understand, obviously, because <laughs> I was only little. But it was something that was always there. I, I just want to be a mummy. But it was as if, no, I didn't. I wanted to be a mummy on my own. Well, my son was one and my daughter was four when their father left. And so I did bring them up. I was on my own for 20 20 odd years with them and brought them up on my own. So I have fulfilled that, that desire. And I can only assume that it was something I knew before I came back to this life that I would have that experience of bringing my children up on my own. It's why I didn't have children with my first husband, because he was decent. Lovely family. I missed his family hugely. Felt very, very close to them. But if I had had children with him, I would have stayed with him for the sake of the children because they were very traditional and that was would have been expected and I would have expected myself to do it. Whereas I had to go for a bad boy who would then stay out of our lives, which bless him, he did. He never interfered. He never gave us any, any backup or, or support, but he stayed clear of us and he allowed me. He gave me that opportunity to bring the children up and to be a mummy on my own. So, yes, I've, I've done that, and it's the thing in life that I am most proud of. My children and my grandchildren, uh, to me, they're, they're the pinnacle of my life. So, yes, I have achieved that. <laughs> oh, so, I, I, don't think, I think everything else has followed on from that. That was a big tick in my life. I absolutely love that, and it's such a great message to so many people because yeah I brought my children up on my own my son was 11 and my daughter was nine when their dad left and I taught them a good work-life ethic I taught them what they could do and yeah their dad stayed out of the picture and for the best for the best and yes I brought my children up and I'm so proud of what they are now and so it's wonderful. It's so lovely that you've shared that in your answer because it's one of the best answers I've received. It really is so, so special. So thank you. Oh, for that. It, 
it's lovely and it's so nice. I, the more I, I say things like that, the more I find there are so many others like you, like like myself. You know, we've done that. And I, I just think it is such an incredible gift. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm so lucky to have done that. And I think sometimes as well, you know, when people say, what do you want, what do you wish you'd done or what do you want to do? It doesn't have to be, you know, a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon or, you know, it can be something that is just with you there in your heart. It doesn't matter how um, seemingly normal it is. And that was always my answer. I just wanted to be a mummy. And and it is, I think, when we do it and looking back as you must, Pearl, and you think, yes, (laughs) there's such a a huge feeling of wanting to pat yourself on the back and go, did it. (laughs) That was one big challenge. (laughs) And I can remember both of my children were badly bullied at school, really badly bullied. And they both came to me to stand up for them. And that meant a lot because you 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 grow up with this idea that it's the father figure that goes in and takes all that, whereas they both wanted their mum to go in and stand up. And my family say, if there's any arguments, I'm the person they put forward because they know that I'm going to stand up for all of them. Yes, I'm just the same. <laughs> Oh dear, we are so much more alike than we knew. <laughs> well, this is why I was saying the synchronicities, uh, that yeah. is my favourite word. This is why I truly yeah. believe we've met for so many different reasons and people come into your life. And when we hit and we start working with the spiritual side, spirit works in such fantastic ways to put the right people in front of each other because we're going to help each other and we can connect in so many different ways. And it, it's the it's the old thing of like attracts like, you know whether you call it the law of attraction or not. But you know you attract similar people that vibrate at the same sort of rate as you. So we're going to attract people who have had similar experiences because it puts us in the same place and in the, the same sort of um, vibrational frequency as each other. So yes, it's lovely the number of people I meet. And and we just click, yeah. Because those that we don't click with, spirits seem to keep away, <laughs> or they just they, they just don't resonate with us, so they back off. Um, and I think yeah, there's somebody out there for everybody, yeah. isn't there? But we do attract the people who resonate with us, yeah. and so yes, serenity has. I've seen that so much. Yeah. Um, people that I may have met and not really known, all of a sudden you find all these synchronicities and you think, oh, gosh, you too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's lovely. It's a, it's a lovely family feeling of belonging. Yes, yes. Completely, completely agree. I'm now going to move on. Now, this next question, I'm afraid, is me being a bit selfish because it's one of my passions. I absolutely love books. I love my shoes. I love my crystals, but I love my books. And so (laughs) with this, I always ask all of my guests, Hilary, can you name three titles of your favourite books and why you've chosen them, please? I found this so hard, so hard 
to limit it to three (laughs) because my bookshelves are absolutely chock-a-block full. But I thought, okay, I, I wanted to look back. I used to read a lot of science fiction. That was my sort of growing up teenage years and 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 early 20s I would read a lot of science fiction because there were things that I wanted to know what if what could be and maybe it's like this and I always as a child I would astral travel and have out-of-body experiences so to me the science fiction was always real um and there, there was one book I particularly liked Isaac Asimov and his foundation series and all his books. I read all his books. Um, but there was one called Nightfall and it was about a world that had three suns. And it, it focused on archaeologists and they were digging down to a dig and every roughly 2,000 years, they come across a black charred layer in the ground and going deeper and deeper, another roughly 2,000 years deep, there'd be this other black charred layer and they couldn't work out what, why, what it was, but it was coming up to that age again. And so the, the, through the whole book, there came a night, it was nightfall, when once every 2,000 years, all three suns were around one side of the planet and people saw stars and didn't know what they were. They thought they were being looked at or watched. People would light fires. There was panic everywhere. And it was just something, just such a simple concept to me that we take for granted all these things of the earth, the universe, that somewhere else would really panic and find it a terrible shock or, you know, somewhere out there worshipping it, you know, like we would if there was an alien craft come down and we go, take me, take me. You know, they they were sort of worshipping the stars because it was a phenomenon that they'd never seen. So that has always stuck in my mind, that what we take for granted. And it was just a twist on it that it was something so simple. And yet look what could happen. Mm. And, of course, as people lit fires everywhere to give them light and warmth that they, they weren't used to because the temperature suddenly dropped. The fires got out of control and they didn't know what they were doing. And, and it caused chaos and wiped a lot of people out. So science fiction is one genre I really liked. And Nightfall by Isaac Asimov was one that really struck home. Another one, I mean, I, I have to say probably my all-time favourite is Lord of the Rings because I love the fantasy. Beautifully written. I always thought that how Peter Jackson portrayed it and portrayed the characters in the film was just how my imagination saw them. Yeah. So to me, that's testament to the writing of it, that you know Tolkien had written it in such a way that nearly everybody gets that same image and that same feeling for it. So that's got to be, I think, um, my all-time favourite. I have loved reading all the Game of Thrones books because, again, it's... It's set in a different time, a different world, a different place. It's what could be. And it has dragons. 
So that was something. But there was another book that really stood out for me, and that was Stephen King's The Stand. And it's a story of um, germ warfare, whoops, um, a virus that gets on the loose and wipes out, you know, huge percentage of the population. It's a bit like John Wyndham's Day of the Triffids and a lot of those stories. Survivor Stories is another one that I really, really loved. But I read The Stand when I, I was probably only about 22, 23 and it resonated with me, all these people, how the survivors got together and how they um, managed to rebuild. And the stand was the final stand between good and evil in you know, typical Stephen King fashion. But there was um, an old lady that was sitting on her, the porch, which like a, a veranda, a porch that went all the way around her ranch-style house, and it was she was a black lady sitting there in her rocking chair and she would send out her thoughts to the survivors and people started to feel her and sense her in their dreams and as they came together they would all have dreamt of this one lady and say she's calling us and we've got to go this way or we've got to turn left here we've got to find her and all the stragglers of humanity, all the people from hundreds of miles around came to congregate where she was so that they would all be together to take that final stand. And it was at a time in my life when spiritual matters were not at the forefront of my mind um, because I was, you know, just busy living. And I read it and I thought that lady in the rocking chair, that's me. And I thought, I'd do that. I want to, you know, if people are sort of lost, I want to call them to me. I want to bring them in and, and together we can fight whatever, we can overcome any challenge, but I, I want them to come. Mm. So that really had a, an impact. That's another one, The Stand, has stayed with me all these years. So, yes, I can't really, the genres, I loved the Dune series. I loved all science fiction and I loved all fantasy and things. I was never a Trekkie, though. I did quite like, I liked Star Wars for the variety and the, um, the big impact. But, no, Star Trek didn't didn't draw me in as much as the others but but yeah my love has always been books like you Pearl I just yeah I'm surrounded by them <laughs> they're lovely especially when they are so well written yeah so yeah I, I couldn't limit it to just three titles but at least there's you know several genres there but the main three I think Nightfall, The Stand and Lord of the Rings if I had to pick three Oh, this is wonderful. And again, synchronicities. I can still remember when I was at junior school, when we used to sit down and have books read to us. We had The Hobbit read to us. And our teacher at the time loved it. And I have loved um, Tolkien, all of his books. And yes, and I, I can remember taking my children to see 
the Lord of the Rings when they came out and it used to fall it used to be part of our Christmas Eve routine we'd book and we'd go the day it opened and they had to tell me mum be quiet because I'd sit there and I'd quote certain things because I'd got it so entrenched in my mind I'd be saying this is it and they'd be saying mum we want to hear it for ourselves <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> and I did. I loved it. Loved it. And yes, Game of Thrones, I haven't read the books. I've got them there, but I saw the programmes. And yes, I must admit, dragons, dragons. There are certain of the series I've liked more than others when the dragons have been there. I've, I've just loved that. And when I think, yes, science fantasy, fantasy fiction, I read a lot of the David Eddings books and I got all my family and literally we got that where we've got a caravan in Wales and the family used to use it. And I got them all reading the David Eddings books, which start with the Belgariad and it goes on and everything. And you have a really strong woman as a sorceress. And I'm thinking, yes, loved it, loved it. So, yes, everything you're saying can so connect with see so many more synchronicities as well I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> who'd have thought it <laughs> but, yeah it is it, it's lovely and I, I do I love my books and there's something you know I just wouldn't part with them um no they're far too precious I'm sure when I'm gone you know my, they'll be straight in the skip <laughs> but it's the, the, the Game of Thrones books are better than the film in lots of ways, you know, this, the the sex and the violence is not so much there. That was for the film. That was to, you know, get people, get blokes looking at it, I guess. <laughs> Excuse me. But it's, yeah, I, I like the intrigues and the characters. Um, so I do find that they're quite, they're quite well written from that psychological aspect yeah. rather than the visual. Yeah. So films gave it the visual. But the actual writing of them, it's the minds and how they work and how they interact. You get a lot more of that in the books. And that's that really interested me, how people think, yeah. why they do the things they do. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd recommend them. But, yeah. And of course, there's there's um, there's the Northern Lights trilogy as well. I loved that. Yeah. I know it's been serialised, I think, the dark materials, but those, I just glanced down at my bookshelf and I thought, yes, I've kept those. <laughs> I can see those. So Philip Pullman, he's still there. Yeah, several by Tolkien. <laughs> yes, still still all there with me. I've kept them because I love them. Yes, mm. and, it is, and this is the thing I love about books as well. When you read... It's your imagination, like you said. With The Lord of the Rings, yes, really good adaptation. But this is with when you read a book, it's your imagination, it's your ideas. You can actually become part of the story and live that the whole message that the story is sharing. You can actually be part of the characters. And that's what I love. It, it, oh, yes. Yes. Yes, you do. And, and it's, it's like with that, with the Game of Thrones, you know, I've flown on dragons, so I know exactly how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, they just appeal to me because I think I've loved dragons since I was a little girl. I was born as a, in the year of the water dragon. So 
they've just been a passion of mine all my life. So to find stories with them in, you know, where they're not just evil, marauding, fire, you know, burning and wrecking. And, uh, yeah, I just I just loved it. My father used to uh, write stories for me of nice dragons because I used to get upset, apparently, when there were stories of dragons being killed mm. or being driven away. I, it would make me cry. <laughs> so he... He used to make up stories for me of nice dragons and he wrote them all out and typed them. And it's all on that very thin paper on his old typewriter when my children were young. So I've still got them, all, all his stories. They remind me a bit of Trumpton. You know, they're a little bit like, and then the mayor and the doctor and the, and they all went up into the mountain to see if the dragon was all right. <laughs> it was, But they were, yeah, they were great great stories so that's been with me all my life so to find some books then where they're portraying to me that the end of of the game of thrones i know we're going off a little bit but <laughs> the, the end of the game of thrones when did you see right to the end yes Pearl? yeah um john snow and, and daenerys are there and he's he's killed daenerys and the dragon is just distraught because that's his mother the mother of dragons she's been killed and he looks at Jon Snow and he turns and blasts with with fire the Iron Throne yeah. because it to me that summed up the wisdom of the dragons they see the bigger picture they see the whole of evolution so he would see that it's not down to that one man the fight was over this iron throne, and without that, yeah. there's nothing else to fight for. That was the focus. And just as that dragon turned its head and blasted the iron throne, I was off my chair. I was, yes! <laughs> and I thought, that to me, that's that was perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Because the dragons do understand. They do have that wisdom that goes back beyond this the beginning of this planet so we do see that bigger picture with them and that, that sort of overview and the understanding was just incredible so yes I think I think it's probably that that I've loved most <laughs> in the, the books but I do I do read very similar books to you that's really nice and I must admit, because for me, unicorns and dragons, that's what I've grown up with. And I've been collecting unicorns before it was fashionable. It just makes it easier for my family to get me presents now because there's lots yes. of unicorns out there. But I, you've heard me mention about our um, family caravan in Wales. Um, when you go through and you see the Arthur legend from the Welsh perspective, and the thing, and when you've got the red and the white dragon, and it is, it's just wonderful. And to see so much resonating with that, again, it's another synchronicity. It, it's wonderful. As you were saying all that, I could feel goosebumps. It was going up and down my back. <laughs> and my crown chakra was going off. And that's normally when my guides are getting all excited, which is, yes, everything you were sharing, just absolutely wonderful. Oh, it all resonates, doesn't it? Because you know, we just had similar lives, similar souls. Yeah. And we do all come back in a soul group, don't we? So all the people that we meet, particularly particularly on this path, we're all part of that same soul group. 
So it's just lovely to meet up again and go, yes, I've known you before. Yeah, yeah you're, you know, you're one of mine. <laughs> We're yeah. together in this. And it's just lovely, lovely to meet the rest and to see your soul group expand as you go through life because we start off with, you know, just our family and and our close friends and we just think that's my little group of souls that I know that I'm comfortable with and it expands through life, doesn't it? And we find that, you know, as as our friendships and, and people that we meet and our colleagues we work with expand, there's just some of them come even closer than the others. Some of them we know on a soul level and we recognize them. We recognize our soulmates through the, the eyes, the windows of the soul. Mm. We know when we first meet somebody, if we've been with them before or known them in another life. And that's a lovely feeling to meet somebody that you think, yeah, I know you. Yeah. I know you. I see you. I see your soul and I know who you are. And it's a lovely feeling. And likewise, people that we've clashed with in past lives, we all go through this. We all meet some people and you think, oh, I don't like you. (laughs) And we back off. And we say, you know, there's something about that person that I can't can't get to like. It's often previous lifetimes, isn't it? Or they're on the fringe of our soul groups or they've come back in to really teach us a lesson. We don't like it. <laughs> we get a bit uh, a bit bolshy and go, no, no, don't want you in my life. But they're there for a reason. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. But, yeah, it's lovely to have you know to have another one back in the soul group. Thank you, Pearl. <laughs> this is I have, I've got goosebumps on goosebumps. This is so so special. The, the next question now again. This people have said it's. It's an ego thing, but I haven't done it as an ego thing because I think it's more it's more in depth to see different mm. layers. But Hilary, who would you say are your key influencers and why? Um, I would have to say right from the start, my father, my dad um, influenced me hugely, and my sister, my sister, uh, she passed away when she was forty three. But she was, you know, my big sister who taught me to question everything. Don't just accept what they tell you. You know, question it. Why? Now, she used to get into all sorts of trouble. Um, She was wild. (laughs) And so I learned an awful lot from her. Not only just, you know, if they say, if they, they, our parents said, no, you're grounded. Why? Why? She would question everything not do as she was told. So I learned quite early on that some things were not worth doing and some things you do, but you make sure you're not caught. <laughs> so she was, she was, she also gave me the confidence to interact with spirit right from a young age. And so I always sort of looked to her and to my father, I, I huge thanks for it's bringing me up to not be afraid of anything and to have that spiritual understanding. His father was a spiritualist, so they were a huge influence. You know, my mum was was sceptic, sceptical, and she would question everything in her way because she was always, I'll believe it when I see it. 
And obviously later in life, I said, Mummy, you'll see it when you believe it. <laughs> it's the other way around. So, yeah, they were they were hugely influential. I've had so many wonderful teachers um, here and in spirit. I thank Tamsin so much for just that one, I haven't taught you anything, I've helped you remember. So she helped me hugely on my path. And I had wonderful teachers at the School of Inner Light, Hilary and Mark, who I you know, give great thanks for. I did so many workshops with them and learned so much about spiritual energies from crystal healing and energy work that I did the diploma with them. I did um, all sorts of work with the Archangels course and Journeys to the Stars and so much I learned with them um, and right up really until I opened Amethyst and then you know our paths just went and they kind of kicked me out of the nest and said go stop coming back and doing our workshops go and do your own <laughs> so I, I owe a huge amount to them they've been really influential from doing my Reiki or I have to sort of give thanks back to Pam who came around one night the medium I very first met and she used to come up, she used to ring me because she knew I was on my own with young children. And she'd say, Hilary, I'm bored. Are the kids in bed? Do you want, shall I, can I come up? I'll bring a bottle of wine. And I'd say, yeah, bring your tarot cards. I'll get the girls round and we'll have a, <laughs> a bit of a, an evening. And she said to me once, um, I've got a question that I want answered. She said, I don't quite know what to do about this. She, and she pushed the cards across the table. She said, Hilary, would you do me a reading? And I went, no, I don't know what they mean. <laughs> she said, well, your grandfather says you do. <laughs> so, you know, I owe her a, a thanks for just coming into my life at that moment to give me that push. I, I've been so lucky with so many. So, I, you know, again, I, I can't pinpoint one, the support of, of my family and my friends who's um, just been incredible. My children, do, they don't really go along with this. Um, you know, my son did say to me once, why couldn't we have a normal mum? <laughs> and I said, you chose me, you love me. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, but the support was there always. So I, I can't pick anybody. And I know with, you know, going out for having a meal or having a sit with somebody, I don't know who I would choose. I just have so many wonderful influences. And, of course, all my guides, all, the, all those in spirit. Um, the closest one I, I suppose I've been working with for the longest is Dwal Cool. He came as my Reiki guide when I did Reiki 2. And... In fact, he's probably one that I would want to sit, but I do sit and have a chat with him still. Um, he came through and we were, I was still quite naive then. I was still just in the early um, early stages of finding out about it all. And I did my Reiki too. And my Reiki master said, you know, go into a wood and a shaft of sunlight will be there coming through the trees and your Reiki guide will step out of that light. So in those days, you know, I thought, oh, it'll be somebody Japanese like Dr. Yuzui. 
Oh, lovely. And this, this gentleman stepped forward and I thought, oh, he's Tibetan. Oh, you're from Tibet. And he said, I am. And so I said, are you my Reiki guide then? I am. And he just bowed his head. And I went, oh, right. <laughs> and I said, well, what, what's your name? What do I call you? And he said, when you know me. So I said, well, what do you mean? I can see you in my mind's eye. I can hear you. Um, why can't I have a name? And he said, that is sufficient. That will be my name. And he showed it to me written, capital W-E-N, and then as a surname, capital U-N-O-M-E, when you know me. And I went, yeah, yeah, you know, my mum was a code breaker in the war. I'm quite used to cryptic clues. So I know that you're saying you're not going to tell me who you are until I get to know you. And he just nodded and said yes. So over the years, over about two years of working with him, and every time I gave Reiki, I would ask, when you know me, to come and assist, to come and help me. And then while I was giving Reiki, I would ask him all sorts of other questions because I have this curiosity that, well, what about this? What about that? And how does this work? So he taught me an awful lot. And then I went to a friend's house about two years later and she had a picture up in her kitchen. And I went, oh, Jackie, that's my Reiki guide. And she looked at me and said, that's Dwal Cool. He's one of the Ascended Masters. And I said, oh, that's just how my Reiki guide looks. Oh, how strange. <laughs> so then again with Hilary and Mark, I went to do a workshop on the Ascended Masters. And Hilary had put out packs of information with pictures of, of the Ascended Masters we were to work with. And I saw that picture there again and I thought... Do you know, I'm sure that's him. So I chose to take that one and to go off, you know, into a crystal grid and, and meditate with him. And I got used to the fact over the two years that he always answered a question with another question. So it was, he made me work for the answers, you know, made me really think about them. So he says, don't ask me a question give me a statement and I'll tell you whether it's right or wrong. So I sat down and I had the crystals around me and I went, um, do I call? Um, are you, when you know me, are you my Reiki guide? And he said, am I? So I said, yes, I believe you are. And he just looked at me and he said, now you know me. And I thought, oh, just like that, after two years, I said, why didn't you tell me who you were? And he said, what would you have done with that information? So I said, well, I, at the time, I would probably have thought I'd got it wrong. I've made a mistake. Why would an Ascended Master come to me to be a Reiki guide um, when that wasn't really what I was thinking of at the time? He said, precisely. So I worked with him a lot. When I did tell Hilary and Mark, came back out of the meditation, I told them the whole story and they were in pieces. They were laughing so much. They said, that is so typical of him. 
So he's been, his picture's up there near me and he's been um, my guide, my friend for all these years since. So we're talking to 20 years that I have learned so much from him. So um, from those in, in the physical that have influenced me and those in the spiritual, I would have to say Dwell Cool has been a huge influence. El Moria, another Ascended Master, he's the one that pushes me out of my comfort zone. He's the one that asked me to do Amethyst, to set up my, my shop and healing centre. So, yeah, he, he asked me to teach and sort of gave me that nudge. So there's been, you know, many of the Ascended Masters, many of the Archangels. Jophiel, I've learned a lot from. Gabriel, I've always felt very close to. So there's countless, countless ascended beings that come to us and work with us. And I, not in debt, but I, I feel, you know, huge gratitude for all those that have come into my life. And whether it's been just, you know, one sentence or years of work, it's still something that stays very dear to me so not a short answer I'm sorry <laughs> but a lot of a lot of them that I yeah have meant so much to me oh this is wonderful and synchronicities all over again with my with my journey the first one of my guides that I connected with was an ancient master and the more I'm getting to know people and they're helping. They're telling me I'm from a long line. I'm descended from a said from ancient things. And I'm thinking, wow. And it's the ascended guides. And my main spirit guide is from Andromeda. She's very, very strong, very strong. And the more I'm looking at, because when I worked with Joe Duckfield last week and she said she actually looked up the meanings of the names of my guides and she said to me you don't always share all the names so you probably know exactly who I'm talking about Hilary but a lot of our listeners we wouldn't mean the same but what my spirit guide what her name means very very special and it resonates on so many different levels and everything I'm hearing from you is just it's just solidifying everything that I knew and everyone kept saying that you and I had to connect because the amount Michelle and Joe oh. keep saying you have to speak to Hillary because of all this and probably something that I'll take off air but there's lots that we yes we have connections on so many different levels <laughs> yeah. I love those beings that come through from Andromeda because you know we know it's our, our closest galaxy and in billions and squillions of years' time, they're, they're moving together. They're moving closer and closer together. So because we're getting so many more guides and people incarnating, I sometimes see babies and see children and see this Andromedian guide with them. And I think, well, I see the energy within the child. And I think this is because our two galaxies, they the, the aim, I suppose, is not to, for us to collide and wipe each other out, but to merge. 
And so all these energies from Andromeda Galaxy that are coming through to ours now are, are enabling the energies to draw together so that eventually the two galaxies may just simply sit and fit together like a jigsaw, um, which would be an expanded galaxy out there, which is lovely, lovely. So I love it to see them. Mm. And their energies are, yeah, absolutely incredible, incredible beings. And now that you've said it, um, yes, I can see, I can see that. And in my mind's eye, I can see that energy fits with you like a glove, fits perfectly. That's beautiful. Yes, thank you for that. <laughs> oh, I've got now, goosebumps. <laughs> we do see, you know, we see a lot of the, the energies coming together as one. Yeah. And it's something else I always say to people in the groups, you know, these just because they've got a title of Archangel or Ascended Master or, you know, being from another world, there's still, we can interact with them because so are we. You know, yeah. we exist in all those dimensions. We have an angelic presence. We have the wisdom of an ascended master because that's, we're not just here in the physical, what is here in the physical presence of us is a minute spark of the energy that we are. Our I am presence is huge. Mm -hmm. So treat them as your friends. You know, talk to them. Perhaps don't be rude to them, but... <laughs> No, they they are your friends. They're your colleagues. They're your companions. There's nothing that you would you should ever feel unworthy of. Or just just talk to them as you would talk to any of your teachers or any of your colleagues that you work with, because that's who they are, mm. and they don't hold any hierarchy or any sense of, you know, you can't ask me that because I'm better than you. There's none of that out there so we're all we're all the same we're all coming from the same source so whether it is Andromeda I have really strong links with Antares um, which is now a red giant so at some point it's probably going to go bang <laughs> but um, many you know eons ago it was a star with with planets around and that star system that around there and Antares is very is a very strong link I feel but we're all from the stars anyway aren't we because we're carbon life forms yeah carbon isn't a natural element on earth it comes from the stars <laughs> stars go bang or go supernova you know those carbon is one of those elements that comes in in the meteors or in the debris of of dead stars so that's who we are we are that physically and spiritually. So it's lovely to have, you know, when you recognise those connections with with other worlds, other realms, and, yeah, and realise that we're all the same. Yeah. Oh, this is absolutely wonderful. And again, you can see the synchronicities. There's so many reasons why you and I have been drawn together can see so much from having this conversation and uh, I know you've touched on it but I'm going to ask you this question if you could share a great meal with anyone alive or dead what would the meal be and who would it be with yes that that was some um, I there were so many that I 
I really would love to talk to. The meal, food is not um, not something that I I really care about, so long as it's veggie. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't have any importance. I hate cooking. That's all my friends know. And um, but who is? I I struggle to think of one because there are so many people that have fascinated me, you know. And, and really, just from the the psyche, I always thought I would love to have talked to Peter Sellers, to John Lennon. Um, to some of the old rock stars, obviously, because that would have just been wow. Um, my guys, I I would have said my dad, but I talked to him anyway. So to sit and have a meal with somebody, I couldn't I couldn't pin it down to one person. Robin Williams, I loved his mind, the way he would just pick something up and just his mind would just run with it on and on and on. And I, I, he did used to make me laugh, but he used to make me, um, I was sort of in awe of, of how he thought and how the process of his thoughts was just, and I know a lot of people say, you know, genius and madness are very close <laughs> together. So it's that fringe, it's those people that have been on this earth that where they've lived that line. And I think for a lot of the comedians, it's they're very much on the edge, aren't they? Yeah. And they suffer with mental health things. Peter Sellers was always one that I I would look at and think there's a lot, there's so much more that was going on with him his ability to create characters and things amused me and fascinated me how he could come up with different things and sometimes it was just so ordinary i i think it would have to be a comedian but I, as to who i do love billy connolly i always have he's always made me laugh because the, the most, again, a little bit like that Nightfall book that I was saying, something that we take for granted. Billy Connolly always sees the bizarre in it, the, the things that are just so funny to him, and it makes me realise, oh, gosh, I've never thought of it that way. I've never seen it. His skit on incontinence knickers was just made me die because it's something that nobody talks about. <laughs> And yet it, he made it so funny. So I know that I think it would have to be a comedian. Dead or alive? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter, does it? They're all the same. So, yes, the food I'm, I'm not bothered about. I probably wouldn't even concentrate or notice what I was eating if I was with somebody with an intriguing mind. I mean, I, I do love... You know, the scientists and the physicists, physics has always has been a real, not at school, but a, a passion of mine. But I can hear their wisdom. Um, we can read about it. You know, we know about it. It's those sort of different, different ways of thinking mm. that I would like to perhaps talk to somebody about. Why they see the world differently to everybody else and that's the comedy side that that's where I think I would I would go for that 
Oh, this is absolutely wonderful. And this is where I've brought this question in just to see the the reason I put food in there is so that people mm. would think that it's a relaxed conversation. It's not like if you go to a conference and you're listening to your preferred speaker. The fact I think the whole way that people engage in a conversation around a table is something completely different and see all your ideas absolutely love them i really <laughs> do really do <laughs> i'm now going to bring with literally the time i could speak to you all day every day i really could so i'm going to ask you now would you come back as a regular guest please hillary because you yes. have so much to share that's absolutely brilliant thank you and i'm going to ask these last two questions together because they really sort of overlap. So first of all, what services or items do you offer to your clients and customers so that the listeners can see and reach out? And do you have any special offers at present? Right. Um, yes, I suppose. Where do I start? At, at home, I do. I still do tarot readings for people. So I use the Thoth tarot, which is Thoth or Thoth or Tot, was um, one of the Egyptian gods with the head of an ibis. And he was the scribe of the gods, so he very much wanted it to be the truth. You don't embellish it. You just give what, what you've got. You write it down, and it's, it's the facts. So I use those tarot cards for give tarot readings. I do those now. I can work remotely from a photograph. And I, I stagger the prices so that there's, people can sort out what it is that, that they want or what they can afford. So that's sort of the basic where people will send me a photograph. I'll do a reading for them, looking at um, things like job, career, relationships, you know, the things that people usually ask about. And then I'll burn it onto a CD and send it in the post. I do use... Um, messenger or whatsapp for and phone readings if people want to ask a bit more in detail or want to see and see some of the cards or I do have you know occasionally people will come to the house not quite so many now as they used to so tarot readings is quite a bit I also do past lives readings and it's because I let my energy go out of my body which I, I learned as an adult to do at will I can just it used to happen automatically and um, I used to get in terrible trouble at school for not not being there <laughs> um, but now I, I do past life readings I help people to understand who they've been what they've learned so that they know more about themselves and why there might be anything that they're still struggling with issues of things like trust or self-esteem fears and phobias often come from another lifetime so I do readings I don't do the regression I don't talk people back into a previous life because then they're going to re-experience it I'm not a hypnotherapist I'm not a trained counsellor so if that opens a can of worms and you've re-experienced it I don't want you to go away thinking what do I do with this knowledge that you know something terrible might have happened so I go and have a look for people and then I come back into my body and tell them what I've seen and we work out how and why it's still affecting them 
And then I took them through working with the violet flame to help release those and release the negativity. So they retain the lesson that the violet flame is energy of transmutation. So it transmutes all negativity. So all the difficulties from a, a past life, but they retain what they learnt. So we work together with that. Um, so that's that's quite something that, that people do like to to have. I do Reiki healing. I teach Reiki, crystal healer. I teach crystal healing. I do Shambhalam, which is a multidimensional healing modality, which is just wonderful, wonderful, um, really out of this world. <laughs> that's, Oh, see, I'm going to have to look at my list now because I forget. I run, I do talks, uh, workshops, courses, all manner of spiritual things. So my talks on Serenity Radio are on a different topic each week. So I think last week was the Realm of Dragons. This one, which goes out this Wednesday, is on the chakras of the earth. So it's all these things that have fascinated me on my journey that I've thought... I've got to find out about that. And then I just go off and I, I learn what I can here in the physical. And then I go off with my guides and learn what I can spiritually and then put it all together to pass on to other people. So I do a lot of different, different talks, um, different workshops. The Violet Flame has been my passion for many years. It's that energy of change, that vibration of light that is on the on the border on the edge so it changed things change after that so it's like the edge of our rainbow it's the edge of us mm. so it's our crown chakra where we stop being physical energy and become spiritual energy so I work with and teach people how to work with that energy to bring change into their lives or to cope with changes they're going through so that was the book I wrote, um, was giving people practical guide, transform your life with the violet flame. I also do meditation CDs with the lovely Neil H, who does beautiful, beautiful um, music to either meditate to or just to chill out to. Not your head banging stuff. This is real chill music. <laughs> so he does the music behind my guided visualizations so I've got two on the violet flame working with different guides and guardians um, and different on different journeys and for different purposes I've got one on the two Marys Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene and that just takes that's just two meditations Mother Mary was the healer the herbalist and Mary Magdalene the teacher so they're quite different aspects of them that you can go meditate to. And the other CD I have, the meditation CD, is the Realm of Dragons because I just love them too. So we've got dragons of the past, the present and the future. So it's the time, time of dragons and you can journey with them. So apart from that, I do crystals. I do sell all sorts of other, you know, of bits and pieces, candles, things that go along with the violet flame, and bags of crystals. I do one crystals that are aligned with the dragons, crystals that align with the two Marys, and then little bags of crystals for one for grounding, one for clearing energy, and one for protection. 
which is the other thing all those ladies are going to carve on my headstone, apparently. <laughs> Why are you grounded? <laughs> Have you cleared your energy? Are you keeping protected? <laughs> so, yeah, those three things are are very important to me. So um, I sell those makeup bags of those of tumble stones and I sell those. I think they're on my website, although I haven't set up the shop properly, but they're all listed on the website. And I think some of them will be on the Serenity Shop website when they get round to getting it all done. <laughs> so they're the things that I offer and do for people. So um, special offers, I do gift vouchers. If anybody wants to get somebody a gift voucher for a reading for you know that they could then have in January, whatever. I do some gift vouchers for just for an, a sum of money so that people can pick what they want or have money off a workshop. And I do some that say specifically for tarot reading or for a past life reading. So that's very much, I do them just as and when people ask, because if they want a voucher as a present, I do have, you know, nice, nicely printed ones, and then they can choose what they want it for. So they're the only things that I have as a sort of special offer. I do do a different price. If somebody buys a book and a CD, obviously it's at a, an offer price. Um, but apart from that, I think that's about it. About it. I think that's all I do. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Look at my website, you might find other things. And I'll go, oh, yes, I do that. I mean, this is absolutely wonderful. And all my audience, all the listeners know that I add when I do the description I will add the links to everything that you've said here so that all of the listeners can go straight out and reach out to you and work with you in whichever way that resonates with them and it just it just leaves me to say a massive massive thank you for being such a wonderful guest and like I've said can't wait for you to come back because there's so many things we could just do a whole episode on just one topic that you're so it's just been absolutely wonderful so I just say a massive thank you thank you it's been lovely to chat with you it's been lovely to find out so much about both of us (laughs) and the the things that we have happy to come back anytime so bless you thank you Pearl (laughs) thank you Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.